0: Welcome to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. I am your host, Scott Ramage. Today on the show, we are chatting with Ian Myers. Ian is a fireman. He is a father, a husband. He also owns a digital marketing business and uh, he he likes being around people, but he enjoys seclusion. And then one more really cool thing about Ian, he has a killer mustache welcome to the show ian how are you doing yeah i appreciate that introduction scott really do i appreciate you having me on the uh podcast here yeah Uh, now okay for those who are listening you might want to just like switch platforms Oh, you know what just keep listening but switch platforms and watch this one as well because uh we have the most beautiful backdrop uh that we've had so far on a podcast. And so tell us You're not about talking about that. the mustache. Are you <laughs> <laughs> okay? Go a few feet beyond. <laughs> tell, tell us what we're seeing here.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I live in, in Tehachapi, uh, California, just small town, small mountain community in Southern Kern County. And so the backdrop that I have is basically the Oak tree that we have in our lower pasture. We have an upper pasture, lower pasture. Um, Eventually it'll have a tree house built in it. We still gotta get the plans on that and get everything set up. But we got our Tehachapi Mountains in the background there that gets That's some good. snow in the winter. So far we've had very little snow this year, but uh looking forward to getting some more.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh so California, beautiful on the outside. Um Uh, like I said earlier, maybe not so beautiful on the inside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's got its issues. (laughs) Where, where, where can we reside that doesn't have our issues? You've done the right thing by, uh, you know, just getting away really. Yeah. So Tehachapi really was that
1: next best place outside of California. We really just wanted to be in a place that had people of just kind of a, a mentality of just enjoying life, enjoying what we have and, kind of not necessarily leave us alone but just let us enjoy what we have it's mm-hmm. beautiful
0: yeah yeah it is incredible um six years ago i moved from oregon which has beautiful mountains beautiful trees very green it is green because it rains nonstop mm-hmm. uh, in oregon but it is beautiful and we moved to texas not the Texas Hill Country, but the Dallas area. And there are uh, what people call hills are little speed bumps. <laughs> and um, when I see mountains, I get my, my wife is like, don't look at the TV now because she knows that I am itching to move back to the mountains. So,
1: yeah, that's that's one thing I'll, I'll go travel and I'll, I'll see family in other states. And it's it's so flat. It just uh, just I feel like I'm missing something.
0: I just yeah. en- really enjoy hills and mountains. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where I where I lived, it was all surrounded by mountains. We were in a valley, like literally in a valley. And it was super protected from wind, hardly any wind because the mountains were close and high. We had the coastal range. And um, when people would come visit, they felt claustrophobic. I mean, they're just like, I can't be here. I'm surrounded, <laughs> like, you know. And most of them would, that would visit were from Texas. So now I understand why. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. So, um, you've been in the Brotherhood group for a pretty good amount of time. Yeah, I want to say probably
1: it's, it's early stages. Of course, Eric uh, LeClaire is the one that introduced me to it. Uh, Eric and I, uh, we met probably 10, 10, 11 years ago or so. Um, I was living in Sierra Madre at the time. He had a gym in, in Ashby, or excuse me, in uh, Monrovia, uh, mm-hmm. Team CrossFit Academy, and joined that. And just what a great guy. So, he was, he was one that introduced me to Brotherhood Brotherhood. Fatherhood. I'm glad he did really am
0: i think he was maybe they were uh pregnant with their first one yeah when when he was first entered into so he he wasn't even yet a father he was but he wasn't yeah and um and very early he was in very early and uh what he told me this is a really interesting uh connection i think i made it on another podcast is what he told me is like scott i'm gonna invite people but I'm only—I'm not just going to invite any father. I'm only going to invite people that I would um, align with. I'm like, okay, you know, I was trying to grow the group really big, and mm-hmm. he, and he said that I was like, eh, whatever. But what's happened? <laughs> this is crazy. Is I keep reaching out to people like, hey, I really like the things you're saying. I really like how you're you're talking inside the group. I'd love to get you on a podcast. And like the last four have all been the invite. <laughs> From <laughs> Eric. <laughs> like, uh, okay, well, good choice, Eric. Good job, buddy. Yeah, this is what I'm attracted to. So, um, <laughs> I really, I really do value your input, your your thoughts, uh, and things. So that it, it is why I uh, reach out to people to chat because I like talking to people that have uh, vision and goals and a big picture. Um, so with that let's let's hear a little bit about your family so we have a little bit better, better understanding where you're at in your life.
1: Perfect. Yeah, so um I'm married, been married for 10 years, uh 10 years actually, 11 it'll be in June. Um and I've got two kids. I've got a boy, um uh, Mason who's 7 and my daughter Emery who's 3 years old. Um we used to live uh like I said in Monrovia's uh, uh Sierra Madre area in Southern California. Um Lived in Pasadena for a little bit, and then my wife and I moved to South Orange County. Lived there for a little bit before we bought our first house in Oceanside. We lived in Oceanside for about five years, and probably throughout that time, um, just kind of a slow, organic growth into really just kind of wanting more. You know, I would it. <laughs> one thing that popped into my head, or one thing that happened one day that just was kind of the, the straw on the camel's back was I was upstairs walking around in my chonies and of course i look across the way at my neighbor my waivers waving at me like this i'm like you know what joe can you just pretend you don't see me you know while i'm up here walking around And of course i'm looking into eight neighbors backyards i'm like okay we need we we need some space right now i can't stand this small lot so we we started looking and and uh, that's when we decided to move up to hatchby so now we've got five acres um we've got three sheep Twenty-two chickens, six cats, two dogs, and we're looking to get pigs and turkeys this year, along with some meat chickens. So yeah, we've
0: got—we're kind of living our dream right now, which is awesome. It's really cool. I think not everybody has that dream. I think when no. we when we no. dig back though, when we dig into our um, some of some of those desires as a man, it, it seems to be a strong running theme of that adventure that providing for yourself that uh, I love watching shows like Yellowstone stone and Longmire <laughs> and these things where I'm like, Oh yeah, you, you know, you're working on your land. You're, it, I know Longmire wasn't, but you're in the country and like, I'm super drawn to that, like really mm-hmm. drawn to that. And it just, i almost feels, feels like that's the manly way to live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also be,
1: you know, being too self self-sufficient is one thing, but I think another thing too is, is living out here, my wife and I both kind of grown to like, Hey, how can we work remotely as well? And so she started her, um, Herbal consulting business where she consults with people to basically improve their health and their life Um, and I've started my digital marketing uh, company, uh, both on LinkedIn uh, marketing as well as just my uh, digital agency as well just doing uh, full on scale marketing so um, even though I love my job as a fireman it really kind of keeps me local and where I have to be in a certain geographical area. Um, I just I'd like to just kind of get out there and, and roam around. We just got a trailer and we just want to take these, these road trips. And so our, our future is, um, to just really enjoy the United States, really just enjoy driving around and just really get to see what we have and what we live with and, and, uh, what's around here. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. The, the There is a ton of freedom in that, uh, lifestyle of working remotely. Um, mm-hmm by running your own business or working for a, you know, a company that allows you to work remotely Um, fire being a fireman, definitely not a remote work. No, 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 it's, it's fun. I, I
1: I definitely, and there's a lot of reward in, in that job. Um, But I mean, you can get reward doing anything, as long as you're serving people and you do it with, do it out of the goodness of your heart. And yes, a part of that is, is you're going to get paid for that service. But if you, if you really enjoy what you're doing and you do it to better people's lives, you can find, you can find joy in anything that you do.
0: Yeah. 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 You have to identify that. I think a lot of men get stuck in, um, I know I have in the past, the self-service, the, the self-serving I'm providing for my family and I want to mm-hmm. you know reach certain rungs. And at that point in my life, I always had a drive to help others but it wasn't my guiding light and I think it's a really quick way to get lost when you don't have that as your guiding light. Absolutely. So, yeah, serving other people. Um so I I'm I'm happily distracted by your son which is so awesome. <laughs> like I like this is the coolest thing. I, I actually really <laughs> I don't know if you like we I just shot a podcast with um, Alex Jowdy and his we're talking about how to manage a family. He's got five kids. Yeah. And at the end of it, his wife's gone. At the end of it, he's, his daughter's just pounding on the door and he finally opens it. This is during recording. And she's taken a piece of the molding off of the house and using it to daddy, you know. And so uh, it's reality and it's awesome. And your son's back there almost looks like a farm boy. Yeah, he's, he's got his overalls climbing, on, yeah. Yeah, climbing the trees. How do the you know, he's he's 7. He's 7, yeah. So I'm I can only imagine he's digging that lifestyle. He might not know He anything. is. He he totally is. He's
1: you know, when he can just kind of go outside and just do whatever the heck he wants. If he wants to go dig holes somewhere, by all means go dig. Old. Um it, it I think they what they you know, it's 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 easy for kids to kind of get out of the realm of oh but I want this and I want that and it's like well you don't know what you have and it's like you kind of have to step back a second and not really throw that in their face and just go okay what is it that you want what is it you desire what is it that you are missing or whatever and really kind of approach that as not as you know well when I was your age this and that it's easy to kind of say that it's it's better to just kind of go at it like well what are you missing okay cool well let's look at what we do have Mason or let's look at what what options we do have around here. And so it's kind of changing that mindset of, well, I don't have to, well, let's see what I do have. And it's, I'm not perfect by any means, but it's the approach that I'm, I'm learning and trying to take on that. So,
0: yeah, that's really good. So, you know, what is your, I'm pretty sure you probably homeschool. Yes. So we, we we've been homeschooling um, since
1: Mason started his school years. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, it's, there's some struggles with it, obviously, you know, when, when he doesn't want to do math or he, he doesn't want to read or whatever the case is then yeah, it could, it could be a little difficult, but um, for the most part, we're, we're excited. We're doing it. We're teaching our kids the values that we really cherish and hold close to our hearts. And and it, it just helps us to better develop him in a way that, I would like to see him become when he's, when he's a father, when he's a man growing up and and doing his own thing. So.
0: Yeah. um, This is a question I ask quite often. And so I'm going to ask it to you. How, um, how was your upbringing? Because, you know, you're, you you just dropped like four or five lines about things that are visionary visions of how you want to do and what, why you're doing what you're doing as a father.
1: Yeah. So um, yeah. Absolutely, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk about that. My upbringing was not perfect. I don't think anybody's really is, but um, my father, uh, I, I call him biological father, uh, but my, my, my real father, he, uh, he wasn't the, the greatest of fathers, I think is, is very lightly put, but um, he lost his temper very quickly. Um, he didn't really hold things as far as like, uh, that were close to him, um, for example, his family. Um, and there were a lot of things that were just kind of missing that a typical father should be a part. Um, my mom divorced him when I was seven and my mom remarried, um, and to my stepdad who did great. He did, I should say he did the best he could. Um, he didn't have any kids. He didn't have, um, you know, all of a sudden he's, he used to be, you know, alone for 40 years and suddenly he now has a seven, a six and a five-year-old. And so I think you know, his his ability to kind of his lack of love, his lack of um compassion, his lack of teaching, um was kind of part of that as well. So what I've kind of learned is to to be the father that that you know, to have those this ability to be the father that I was that I didn't have as a kid. Um and that would be um, really kind of putting my sheep just bit my computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. apologize about that but uh is is to have those qualities that a, a dad should have and that is just showing compassion love patience guidance um and and just being there for them i think just answering their questions their curiosities their struggles that they have um and just kind of being that father that i didn't have and so um not to say that you know i should i should be thinking about the horrible things that happened in the past, I really think that you should take what you've experienced and move forward with that and say, what could I do better? Um, But there's things that I fail at now that I know my son will look back at and say, wow, okay, my dad failed at this. What can I do better? And that's what I hope that we can come with. This is just generationally just become better people.
0: Yeah. So we, we inherently will repeat things that were modeled frequently. And so when, you know, you talk about not having the best upbringing or or the, or the a father that you know that for you wasn't necessarily the model of how you want to do things. I'm sure you still love him, but what? Uh, give me some examples or specific things that you know you talk you're referring to.
1: Yeah, so um, I mean, he he was, uh, you know, I, I'm sure I'm sure some men have have dealt with this uh, in the past, but he was an abusive father. Um, he really didn't show um, the, his, his ability to really kind of withhold his, his, his anger, um, to, to us as kids, you know, it just didn't really make any sense to me at the time. Um, it's unfortunate. I really don't have any really fond memories as a kid. I mean, my son, he's, he's seven years old and at four, He's talking about things that he did when he was three. And I'm just like, how do you remember that? And he remembers, oh, dad, remember we did this, we did that, we did this, we did that. And I'm like, how do you remember all that? When I was seven, I like, I remember like maybe two fun things I did with my dad and the rest were just horrible memories. And it's just like, why do you, how do you, how do you experience it? And so I guess what I'm saying is, is with that, with that type of upbringing, it was something that, that again, I, I just have taken strides to really improve that quality of life for my kids. And so when it comes to um, um, that that type of father, I think that that really has affected me in a positive way, surprisingly. Right. In a positive way. Um, I know my I have an older brother who's um, who's about 50 right now. He um, has constantly used his past to um, to basically for his reasoning for why he's doing things now um well when i was young when i didn't have a mother and i didn't have this and it's just you know those excuses kind of get old um and i think they're just kind of a cop out to what you really have to face and what you really have to do to to become that better person
0: yeah so you didn't have a good example from in your father no but just a few things that I've heard you talk about the memories your son has you've created, you've, you have been a part of creating memories. That's an intentional action. You've been, you've, you you, talked about compassion, love, patience, guidance. Um, those weren't things you were modeled. Where did you learn them? Um, gosh, that's a really good question. Um,
1: honestly, uh, you know, my walk with, with, with God has been um, a struggle as a kid. Um, and then early, to my early teens and even my late twenties, Um, it wasn't until, um, I had my first kid, Mason was when really, it was just like, oh my gosh, like this is, I mean, it was overwhelming, right? That first, that first moment that, that your son pops out and, and you're holding him. It's, it's, it's just something that I will never forget. And so I think from really there, my walk with God has really just been, been something that I can say that I've fallen back on to really help me model what a father should look like, you know? Um, I mean, I also have examples of, of people who are doing it well. I've got, you know, uncles and, and friends that, that I'm just like, and you are doing it right right now. Like, how do you do it? And just really ask them what it is that they do and how they've modeled it. And, and a lot of it comes down to that patience, compassion, love, kindness, guidance. A lot of it is just like, Hey, just kind of take what it is that, that, you know, our father, you know, in heaven, how he loves us and apply that to your kids. It's no, it's not going to be nowhere near as perfect, but that's, that's the model that I've taken. So yeah,
0: that's incredible. Um, so did you find like specific people you were watching and modeling, or is it just like, I mean, you, you mentioned a bunch of things, So is there a lot of people that you kind of just picked and picked pieces of, of how I want to be a father or? Yeah.
1: You- uh, so I kind of took that same mentality as a fireman, as a fireman, when you are when you're a new fireman, you're, you're basically looking at anybody to see what it is they're doing right to become a, you know, and take those aspects and be a better firemen. There may not, there may be things that you don't like about what they do. Um, but I kind of pick and pull from, from, from people. And I go, I like this quality. I'm going to take this quality. And it may, they may not align in my faith, but Hey, this quality I, I really love. Um, I'm going to take this, this type of, of quality from this person. I've really just kind of Put into a pile and go, okay, what can I do with this? And how do I, how can I become that man, that person, that husband, that father, um, and, and model it to, to where it's myself and, and make it me. Um, so I can't say that I've drawn from one person or the other. I think there are people in my life that have been a great example of what a father looks like.
0: Um, but I just can't think of it off the top of my head. I don't yeah. want to name one person or whatnot, but right. Right. So Many men I've talked to get stuck in the, I didn't have a good dad. And it's almost a crutch to be a bad father. It's, uh, it's a, a cop out. It is. It is. And, and, and
1: if that offends people, then I'm sorry, because that's just exactly what it is. It's a cop out. It's not, it's something that you, it's an excuse to stay the same and not actually do make change. Change is hard. It's not easy. Change is hard, but it's a cop-out if you're saying, well, I just can't do it because of this. You're right. You can't. If if that's your decision, you can't do that. But if you make the decision and go, hey, you know what? I I actually do want to better myself. Guess what? You're going to better yourself.
0: It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. So I want to step back to what you said. You said, if that offends somebody, you know, good, whatever, whatever. I say good if it offends somebody. One of the things that I believe is that offense can't be given. It's only taken. And so you will take offense at things that you know are true. That's just naturally how it happens that have a little bit of truth about you. So yeah, if if somebody's like, you know, how dare you say that? uh, That's because you have a problem. That's because you haven't taken personal responsibility. And I agree 100% with that. And I'm if it does offend you, that's, this is uh, probably Ian and I's challenge to you is uh, you need to look at yourself and, and see what kind of life you want to live. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I,
1: I, people call me out and it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, when I get called out on something that I'm doing, whether it's, I'm being a uh, hypocrite on, on uh, when it comes to my faith or when it comes to work, or if I'm, if I'm angry uh, quick, if I anger quickly, you know, my wife will put me in check and go okay let's think about this because again that's that's something i struggle with is is anger and it's it's very easy for me to uh when things aren't going right to kind of shut down and and be quiet and then just kind of anger real quickly and just kind of just you know what i just want to be by myself and that's something that i'm struggling with and again that's that's I would say that has to do with my past, but again, I'm not using that past as an excuse. I'm simply learning. Okay. What did, what, ha- what did it take for me to actually get to that point to where I shut down and look at that time before and the time where I was actually happy and enjoying my life and whatnot. So I look between there and I go, okay, what was it that, that changed within that period? And I just, I look at that, I analyze it and I'm like, okay, what can I do different next time? And I feel like over the years, I've, I've gotten better.
0: And, and of course, i got plenty of room for improvement. I'm not saying I'm perfect. Yeah, you bring up something I'm pretty passionate about and something that's completely changed my world. Um, growing up, my father was very loving and, and approachable. And uh, he was a great dad. Not perfect, but a great dad still is. And he would call me out on things like, hey, I see this. Like, oh, your self-talk needs improvement. Your attitude needs improvement. And it was always out of love and so i was modeled that and as i came into my 20s and 30s i just had yes friends everything was either it's great or you know shut the f up and move on and they weren't it wasn't in interest for me it was just that i was annoying them or they didn't like what i was doing it wasn't until i hit my 40s that i had another person come into my life really and have that that deep of a relationship where it's not candy coated it's like hey you need to work on this. I'm seeing this happen. It's the accountability thing. And, and, and that's Josh who, who I do the podcast with, who I do brother who co-founded brotherhood of fatherhood with huh? me. And he's willing to listen and then say, Hey, look, I think you your thinking is wrong. I think that you are doing X, Y, I think you need to evaluate X, Y, and Z. And he says it out of love. Do you have men like that in your family or in your, in your circle right now?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm. Um, uh, we do uh, weekly Bible studies with a group of of people um, in our community right now, and so it's um, we've got people that will will reach out to that that uh, are struggling in various aspects of their lives, and it's it's kind of great to to really see someone. You know, when I first meet somebody that that I'm like, man, this guy's got it all together. This guy's, you know, he's a great father. This and that, and. And after we get to know each other, we'd be like, Hey man, I'm struggling with this. I need help. And it was just like, really? Like, (laughs) I mean, it looks like you're doing great at that. And it's like, no, man, I I constantly struggle with this daily. And so it's great to have those conversations with guys that, that you can be so approachable on things and and just be open with whatever it is and and not to not to not be that, that I've got it all under control. I fix my problems. I tend to be, I tend to have that issue. I, I like fixing things. I like doing things on my own. Um, and if I can't do it, it, it's a little frustrating, but then I'll have to kind of give up and go, okay, I'll have to take my truck to the mechanic or, all right, I'm going to have to fire a painter or finish this work by a contractor, whatever the case is. So it's, it's kind of knowing your limits and knowing
0: where you, where you can ask for help. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, uh, I was listening to podcast recently by Ryan L- Mickler, order man. And he was talking about having a battle buddy, um, all I think of is the bathroom buddy I had to have when I was traveling abroad and I had to have <laughs> as a teen. But the, the whole point was it's not somebody who's all about giving you high fives, fist bumps and telling you you're awesome all the time. It's not about someone you're just watching a game with. There's really great appropriate places for that. But there's a place where you need somebody who's going to call you out on those things. And you just mentioned Bible men's Bible study. Those types of places where you're starting to create a, you get to know people through a commonality, mm-hmm. you develop a relationship and you realize moving forward is this, you know, that this is, this is going to align, this is going to work and you move it into that direction. I think it's really important for people to realize that you don't just go out and say, Hey, bud, um, I need someone to be accountable to, I mean, you can do that. You can pay someone to be a coach, which sure. is awesome, but you can also get a lot of help from people with, uh, similar values uh that are if you can more successful than you <laughs> in the thing that sure. you're for so it. you know what was told to me the other
1: day i i looked at it and i really thought it over and i go man that is so true what does a man need in their lives i mean there's <laughs> there's a lot of things but there's 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 three aspects when it, com- it comes to to modeling being being a good man or good father um and that's being a mentor to somebody and whether that's, you know, a guiding somebody or if someone needs help in a situation that you've been through and you have experience in, you can help that person. You need someone on your level, someone who's kind of going through somewhat of the same struggles, man, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. Um, okay, cool. And just having the conversation, um, let alone will, will really help you in your growth. And then have someone to model after. So those three aspects will constantly keep you in line with what you've learned and now teach, because teaching is one thing, or, or learning something is one thing and applying it, but teaching is a whole nother aspect. When you teach something, you really learned it and cement it in, in, in your foundation of what you believe or how you go about life or being a father. Yeah. So, and, and also, I mean, when, when it comes to fatherhood, dads are kind of constantly gonna make mistakes. It's owning them that breeds true fatherhood, right? It's 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 owning those mistakes. I've gone up to my son numerous times. Hey, Mason, I'm sorry. I lost my temper. This happened. And I'm sorry that this, that I did that. And, you know, it's killed me. I've broken down a couple of times because he's, he's approached me. He's like, dad, don't worry. I I will always love you. And that, (laughs) I think it's just amazing for, for the amount of mistakes that we make as men to have our kids still love us is is something that that I mean that's that's that right there is our heavenly Father right? No matter how many times we make mistakes, He will always always love us and we, He will always be there for us.
0: Yeah. Uh, speaking of the uh, the things your kids say, I mean, you just said um, you said you know you said your son said you always love you. If you're doing things right, at least some of the time, you're going to get those affirmations from your kids. Mm-hmm. I remember one of my big struggles was working too much. And not being around for my kids. And when I made a conscious decision and I completely turned my 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 focus 180, completely turned my focus 180. And I would drive my boys to school every morning, pick them up every day. And I, you know, very, very intentional time. It was only a few months into it. And my son looks at me, he's at this time five years old. And he looks at me, he goes, Hey daddy, you know what I want to be when I grow up? I'm like, what? He goes. I want to be a daddy just like you. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm driving and I, I don't want to wreck, but I'm, I'm already battling all these times that I wasted not being a father. But as soon as I stepped into that role, it was recognized and all the rest melted away. And so um, yeah, I think those moments are so worth it. It's so worth all the hard work. It's so worth the owning your mistakes. I'm talking yeah. about it. Uh, that is another thing I I really feel strongly about you. um, I do that in the the same thing in in my marriage with my wife in front of my boys. Uh, Have you started, how, how do you deal with uh, conflicts within your marriage with, with your wife? And I'm, I'm talking about kids as well when they see those things. Sure. So,
1: um, yeah, of course. I mean, my wife and I, we, we have, we share the same faith. Um, we share the same, uh, um, kind of vision as to how we want to live our lives. Um, but things may not align with, uh, other things. Maybe it's, maybe it's politics. Maybe it's deciding whether, um, you know, what vehicle to purchase or, I mean, I'm kind of throwing some weird stuff out there, but, um, how we tend to handle it. And I've, I've kind of learned from this. Cause again, I have not been perfect whatsoever when it comes to this um, is, is, I mean, first off, just talking about it. Like, for example, um, there's been some decisions I've made um, that uh, I have been thinking about for maybe a month or so that I've not approached my wife to at all. And I'm ready to go for it. And I'm saying, Hey, this, all right, cool. This is what I want to do. And i approach her. And it's just something that I'm just like, Whoa, hold on. What are you talking about? Like, what you want to, you want to go, you know, get this, or you want to go do that. Like, where, where did that come from? You know? And, and so what I've learned is if something is, is, is of value to you and is important to you, it's just maybe just starting the conversation early. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and having it be a, a constant dialogue, if it's something your wife is either adamantly know or something, and you're just like, man, I, I just envisioned this. I, I want this to happen. And, let's see what I can do to make that happen. Not necessarily to manipulate her, but, but you know, I just, I want to share my passions and my, my, my true feelings on this is to just kind of just, just revisit it. Right. She may not be open to it. She may not be, um, happy about it, but as long as there's an open dialogue that can be had, um, with that, like, like her education, for example, when it came to um, her business, um, there was a certain aspect that, that I didn't see the value in it at first. Right. And so, but that constant dialogue was always there, and at some point, she finally then came to me. She's like, "Listen, this is why I see it. This, this." And she would lay it all out, and I go, "Okay, all right, I'm starting to see it." And so, I think it's having that that open dialogue and ability to have those conversations are important.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, I mess up all the time, and I mess up in front, my, in front of my in front of my kids, and just like you. I will sit them down and talk them through. Um, I've also found great freedom in sitting them down and talking to them about mistakes that I made in life prior to them knowing what was going on. And I feel like that's a probably one of the strongest learning things. You know, we—I believe that failure is, is if you done right, is the catalyst to being greater. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely, that's that's entrepreneurship. (laughs) I mean, if you you kind of look at
1: that aspect, is as failure leads to success, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really great when I hear that other men are having open dialogue with their kids about you know the things that they've done wrong, the things that they're doing wrong. Because heck, if we hide that, if when my wife and I have an argument or um, a disagreement or something, and we will literally stop. And look at our kids um, and say, this is real. This is right. how real people, we all see things a little differently. We all have different perspectives. We all come from different angles. Um, but this does not affect how, we lo- how much we love each other. I just want you to understand. And, and um, that's been a, a big deal to us because we, we want them to know that uh, perfect marriage is happily ever after is uh is a a a misstatement it's you know working every day working on every day every day is is a new journey absolutely
1: Um, i i completely agree with that Each, each day is another chance to really Um, either change your past or to make your future better you know and 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 to do that with with your kids involved you know making decisions with your kids like like we just bought a trailer uh, two days ago we just bought a a 30-foot bumper pull trailer so we're really excited about that and so throughout the process it was fun because you know Mason was was part of 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 looking for things like oh dad look at that Oh, dad! Look at this! And and so I was teaching. Him. It was like, okay, well, well. First off, they maybe you know this is too expensive, or this doesn't have the bunkhouse, or whatever the case is. And it was just kind of involving him with that. Um, I think we need to really involve our kids more when it comes to making decisions as a family, because I really feel that 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 alone will just kind of help build more confidence in them as as they grow. Because we're not raising kids; we're raising men and women. I think that's something that really kind of spoke to me a long time ago. Um, When we were potty training our son, you know, that was something that was a constant struggle, even, even, even until he was uh, six years old, it was, it was a struggle. And a a wise man told me, he's like, well, are you raising kids or are you raising men? He's like, is that something you're gonna have to worry about 30 years from now? And I was like, well, no. He's like, all right. So don't put so much emphasis on that. What is going to be important? 30 years from now or 20 years from now. And it's going to be that confident, loving, um, strong man who's going to eventually marry a woman someday who he's going to have to take care of and, and be responsible. And so it's really changed my outlook on how I'm raising my kids with that, especially my, my daughter too. You know, everyone talks about, Oh, you're gonna to have to be worried about it. It's like, like, sure. That's going to be there. But if we raise her the right way and build that confidence in her, I'm I'm not going to have any fear in the future of her when she grows up because
0: she's going to be a strong woman. Exactly, exactly. One of our values, brotherhood, fatherhood values, is we are commissioned to raise future adult, adults, and yeah. that is instead of you know, it's, that's instead of saying we're not raising kids because that is the wrong way to look at. It. If you're raising kids, uh, we're going to have another millennial cycle. <laughs> <laughs> And if you're a millennial, like, okay, just embrace it. You may not be a part of that, that um, grouping by, by the way that you act, but there is this entitlement. I, you know, never raised to like, think of things as problem solving and that failure is okay. And that you didn't win, get over it, like get better or get out. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, it, we've we've done a disservice. We we really have
1: as, as a whole. I think it's it's really, I, and I think it's showing a lot. I think it's it's out there, and, and and I think people are really kind of understanding. I mean, we may not see it. I think there's a lot of loud people out there, but but I, I feel that we're starting to see the repercussions of that, and um, and I think that that change will happen, and it, and and really, a change happens with you your family, and then those that you serve or those that you come in contact with and your friends. So the
0: only way that things can change is starting by you and then working outward. I kind of want to spin on that because right now things are really volatile in the United States. They might be volatile volatile in the world, but they're really volatile. There's just an absolute almost disdain or hatred towards the left or the right or conservative, uh, liberal, depending on which side you're on. And um, it's super easy to get wrapped up into it super easy to get wrapped up. in, What, what you just said is the way to not get wrapped up into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've, I've changed uh,
1: with that um, because I was one to constantly watch news, get feed updates, get, get all this. And of course I'm going to be one-sided in that. I'm only going to want to hear one side of that story. And, and so what I've really done is I've especially moving out here um, is I've, we don't have TV. We haven't had TV for going on almost 11 years. I I think like we've never, we don't, you know, direct TV cable, none of that. We've got Netflix, we've got, you know, the uh, PBS kids and a couple other shows that they'll watch, but um, we've gotten rid of that. And so when I come home and I'm gone from work for however much, you know, however long um, I'm not paying attention to anything that's going on because quite frankly, there's a, Yes, there are, there may be a small percentage of things that actually affect me personally in my life, but if I let that get the best of me, that just ruins everything else that I've got going for the rest of the day. And so I've changed my approach on that and I've, I've taken just being at home is being at home or being at work. Like if I'm doing my work, uh, whether it's digital marketing or being a fireman, I'm doing my work. Um, it's easy in a firehouse to get, get a little out of line because all problems are solved at the kitchen table in a firehouse, but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, so I've, I've really taken that approach and I think it's really kind of changed my whole outlook on, on things in life in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What what we have an impact on, it goes back to the whole circle thing, like draw, you know, draw a circle or write down all the things that you're worried about and now identify the things that you actually have control over and just focus (laughs) on that. And what I have control over is what I put into my mind, what I consume. I have because hey, turning on the news, no matter what news feed it is, whether it's, um, you know, Newsmax or CNN, you're stepping into your own echo chamber, echo chamber, whatever it's called, where yep. you're just hearing what you want to hear. You're being fed what you want to be fed. And in my opinion, no value to that. No, va- no value. So what can I do? I can I can focus on the things that I can control. Hmm, how can I personally grow right now? How can my family grow? Okay, there are some outside things going on in the world. How can we talk with them with them right now, mm-hmm. and 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 really look at it from a big picture view? Um, you know, I had a conversation with my kids recently, and, and uh, my son is a little a little concerned about the impact on the new incoming, I don't know if it's done yet or not, but the incoming presidency and 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 how that's going to impact business because he's very interested in business. He's like, taxes are getting out of control. They're gonna, I mean, I'm getting messages from my tax people that start planning now, it's going to be out of control. Mm-hmm. And um, that can stress you out, but the conversation went to like, hey, look, we, you know, presidency and, and that stuff, It's a four-year span. Things change. What can we control right now? Mm -hmm. And it's a really great conversation to have. But more importantly, it's the, um, uh, said it many times, renting, what rent space, what are you willing to rent space in your head to? And if it's not giving you energy, you need to raise the rent. And they can't can't be Uh, afforded. I like that analogy. That's great. (laughs) So now in the family, we just say you need to raise the rent in your head. And it's like, ugh yeah, that's not worth my time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And, and I, and it's, it's really, it's really boasted well for our family at least. And, and the ability to just kind of talk about things that, that we can control and can do, you know, like I said, we bought our trailer and, and what we can control. Sure. We're going to you know figure out where we can go camping, whether it's on BLM or, um, as of now in California in a different state. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's what can we do that we can have fun with? Um, what's not gonna tear us down but build us up? Um, and when it comes time to have those conversations, um, be quick to listen and slow to speak. If you're gonna have a conversation with somebody, be quick to listen and slow to speak because too many people are over, Speaking or or that's, that's not the right way to say it, but too many people are speaking their mind too soon or have made the decision already in their head as opposed to just listening. And that goes for me as well. I've made decisions in my head where I go, all right, I'll listen. And, but I won't, I won't respond with something right away or, or say you're wrong or whatever the case is. I'll actually listen and they may or may not have changed my mind, but either way, it's at least a conversation that was had. And I think that's a lot of people are, are not actually getting the chance to even speak <laughs> because things are said too fast,
0: you know? Yeah. Um, Josh, uh, Josh Price will tell me, he's like, anytime I don't agree with something that somebody's saying or something someone says makes me angry. The first question that comes to mind, I put put away all emotion. The first question that comes to mind is what do I not know? And he is, he will just ask questions and then ask another question and then ask another question and then ask another question. And it's incredible what comes out of that. It's like an
1: amazing gift.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm working so hard. It's just keep asking questions. Like even if you don't, you 100% don't agree with it someone will say something and instead of saying, I don't agree, you'll say, so how did that, how did you develop that belief? Where does that come from? Mm -hmm. And then he's just silent. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, (laughs) I know what you're doing to me right now and it's so good. And I think it's a really great way to have really great discourse with people that you don't agree with because you do really get a deeper understanding. And there may be a story that circles up, I know he was talking to me. I was, he was talking to me about um, policy and, and it was around healthcare. And he's like, I don't understand why you care so much. I said, Hey, look, when um, Obama, I'm going to be honest. It would well, I'm going to just put the names out here when Obama came into office and Obamacare was implemented, I was in an income bracket range where I was taxed high. I was making good money. I was, it was self-employed. I was taxed high so that, so I had no, Um, I needed to get insurance for my family. Obamacare came into place. It was $1,700 a month to cover my family with lousy coverage. And because he was trying to understand why I was so upset about it. Mm -hmm. This is going to get worse and why I don't like this, this healthcare system in play. And I said, because it took my hard work. And I had to make the decision at that point to either um, reduce the Opportunities my family was having or not have health insurance, and then I had to actually literally break federal law by not having health insurance, and that's the decision we made. And that's a that's a really scary decision to make within your family. And then we found Christian Healthcare Ministries, which is a co-op, and that has been um, over the moon amazing for my family because we're covered. It's five hundred bucks a month, and we have incredible coverage. Um, it's and um, there's no preventative care, but the current incoming wants to get rid of that kind of system and it will destroy us and we'll be right back to where we were. So the whole the whole story is is he was not agreeing. I don't believe he was agreeing with me at the beginning, but when he heard the story, it opened his eyes to another perspective. And I think it's so incredibly important for us to ask so many questions that we don't have to agree, but at least we get a view point from the other person's point of view we absolutely begin to understand um so that's that's a a hack that he figured out and it's it's so incredibly powerful when you when you do it um and I think we need to teach our kids that as well another thing I heard I'm talking a lot here but another thing I heard was that that was really freeing for me is that intelligent people will change their mind and that gave me a lot of freedom to be okay listening to people and changing my mind. And um, it's never done in haste, but I will really think through things. But you have to ask the right questions before you do. that. Absolutely. I think that's awesome to
1: hear. And you said you were talking a lot, but man, your job is a good stuff. I really like your examples and, and the analogy behind asking the question why and, and, and everything. So, um, but yeah, that, that's exactly the, the, the principles that we kind of instill with our kids is I don't take away the my, my son's ability ask why he asks why about so many things. And as a father, you really, really have to not kill that aspect of, of your son or your daughter. Um, and cause it's so important for them to know why it's so important for them to, to be curious about things. Well, how come that works? Well, why is that there? Well, Dad, why did you do this? And, and, and to, to encourage that.
0: Yeah. So, let's talk about strategies. Cause you just talked about a wonderful strategy for getting our kids to think at a higher level and, 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 um, and operate. But you also mentioned earlier, earlier that you, um, anger, anger is something that you're working through. Yes. I would say that, um, when men are being honest, it's something we all struggle with. There's, there's the biological ver- reason of testosterone. Um, and then there's the reasons the uh you know the nurture the way we were raised uh how is that battle for you how is how are you doing with that and what kind of things are you putting into place to work through those anger well of
1: so yeah so for one when i come home from from work and i you know i typically work anywhere between 24 72 96 hours at a time um i may only get uh, let's just say for a 3 day span i may only get 10 to 12 hours of sleep total um, throughout the three days. And so (laughs) I know when I come home, I am not going to be in the best of moods. So I've learned that, okay, when I come home, Hey honey, I had a horrible time at work. I need to go to bed. And a lot of times it takes me one or two days to actually recover from that. So I've, I've, I've taken that, those actions and going, okay, well, now I know where, how, how I anger and where I anger. That's a pretty obvious one. Um, the smaller things um, are like involving my kids when it comes to um, doing a project. You know, I go out thinking I'm going to get this project done in three hours and my son wants to come with me and I'm like, absolutely, let's go, let's go get this done. And I don't, and I just never put the two and two together going, well, you know, it's going to take you three times as longer. And so I, I kind of, <laughs> of course, being, being a dad, you're learning every day, but I've learned to change that aspect of it. I'm like, okay, I want to get this project done and it's okay. Mason wants to be involved. Okay, cool. Now I'm going to have to break down that whole project. Okay. I'm only going to get this portion. done. if I get this done, I'm happy. All right, Mason, let's go ahead and get this job done. And, um, there are still times where I'll be doing something and I'll, it's just not going the right way, or it's getting frustrating. And even then the questions come up as to why, and then you're just like, I just need to think for like five minutes. And so, um, you know, in the past, my son has, has kind of gone, okay, dad's not, dad's not, open for me to be down there. And this is kind of him thinking in his head, Hey dad, I'm going to go upstairs. And that's when I know I was like, man, I failed again. You know, I failed again. Um, so I'm, I'm really being intentional about, um, the decisions I make on a daily basis on how I involve my kids. Um, when it comes to them wanting to be a part of what I'm doing and just being intentional that, okay, I know I'm not going to get certain things done or, um, if it's, if it's pressing, Hey, I can't, I can't involve you kids right now. I need to get this done. But if it's not, if it's just an involvement to get the kids into doing what we're doing around the property, then by all means, I really need to be open about it. So I've kind of taken an analytical approach to it. Cause that's how I kind of think I really have to know like how a tool works and how it's used in different ways it's used and why it's used this way. And so I, I need to be analytical about how I approach my anger. And so if I can really be, mindful about when I'm triggered as far as getting angry, angry. Um, I can be more mindful as to controlling that anger. And, and the biggest thing that I've left out of this entire, this entire conversation about anger is just being, being in the word with God. Um, and that's just from a personal standpoint, religious standpoint on my end is when I'm, when I'm, when I read the Bible, if even if you're not a religious and you read the Bible, there's so much love and, and kindness and peace and joy that, that can be, that can be that you can get out of, of just reading the Bible. But um, that aside, I, I do um, feel that if I spend more time in the word, uh, more time with God. Um, I'm going to have God on my side in in my head. God on my side when it comes to these things happening, and it's not just me dealing with it. It's involving God with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna second that for sure. Um, and and I think people will, there will be some guys that are turned off by that, and you know, be have a problem with the religion thing. And I'm like, so what? But
1: so what? Yeah. I think,
0: <laughs> I think the the message really comes down to is. A, a very solid foundation of moral character, and then also a longevity of examples. And those examples are in the Bible on how to handle everything. I mean, absolutely. Even, it's just, it's, it's, it's a historical book, a, a accurate historical book that has life lessons in there for us. And um, anger is a big, it's a big one. There's a lot of, a lot of crazy things that happen um, out of anger but um, there's also complete freedom on the other side of not feeling guilty about that and and knowing that the the stories are there where men like us uh, have messed up so incredibly bad yet they're completely redeemed and um, yeah. do some incredibly amazing things in history. and um, so I just get a, I get a lot of peace out of that as well. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, I think honestly, um, I could chat with you for another three hours pretty easily <laughs> <I> as well. <laughs> and the, and the, and the, the visual of your, uh, your, your ranch or your farm, I don't know what you call it, but, um, it's incredible. Appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, you. You are definitely a blessed man and I know you've worked hard for it. We yes. <laughs> uh, have. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do this again. absolutely scott i appreciate
1: that thanks very much again i I enjoy listening to the podcast i enjoy the, the everything that you put in the group and you know i just encourage people men out there to just kind of be honest with themselves and i've seen it already too and i'm not saying it's not happening but if 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 i can just end on just encouragement for men it's it's easy to no i got this myself i can't be open about it whatever the case is my goodness like the only way we're going to grow and become stronger stronger men is by being encouraged by other men and also being led by other men as well um so you know just just don't be shy about anything really just kind of put it out there um and and see what we can do to to either encourage you help you um because that's what this
0: group is about i agree and uh on that note uh thank you for being on the show I mean, thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your stories and actually some incredible lessons in here that we're going to surely highlight and make sure everybody hears. Um, I appreciate that. I'm just another guy, you know what I mean? Like I'm just, another, just another man on the
1: platform and and just trying to do life right. And, and but I appreciate that. I really do, Scott.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Um, I, I do want to t- kind of touch base with what we just talked about. Look, this is a group for men to to help each other, to find help, to get direction, to support each other and to lift each other up. It is a little bit at risk because a lot of people are leaving Facebook. And honestly, if I didn't have the Brotherhood of Fatherhood group, and if I didn't have work tied with it, I would be out. I would be out and gone from Facebook. So if you are one of those people and value anything that we have going on in Brotherhood of Fatherhood, Go to Brotherhood of It's not Brotherhood of Father. Go to BrotherhoodFatherhood.com, and we put in an annoying pop-up email list. <laughs> so you'll go there, and an email thing will pop up. There's not much on the site other than buying one of our cool Brotherhood boxes with a shirt and mug and leather patch because you're gonna start rucking because it's an incredible sport. <laughs> um, all sorts of cool things, but, but. That annoying pop-up. Even if you just go there, put your email in there. We're not gonna spam you. We're not. We're not even sending out emails right now. But we want to have that in the bank in case we pull out from Facebook or Facebook. Honestly, what uh, the family structure right now is under attack, and our uh, group is about family structure. Whether you're a single dad or you're a married um, father. We are under attack. The um, parental rights of men are under attack. So we don't know. Facebook could decide that we are not their plat, we're not uh, politically correct for them. So just go (laughs) fill out the email. I think I've made my point. Uh, And subscribe to this podcast or this YouTube channel, wherever you're seeing this. You're gonna have to watch this one on YouTube because of the background, it's visually appealing. Um, typically looking at two men talking to each other is not. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being on or for listening to this show. Have a great day.